an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hail the conquering hero, he's back. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, here in studio with Bob Savage. And uh, man, it's it's good to be back home, let me, let me tell you. Um, so for those of you just joining the show here, I have been out of the country in Czech Republic. Um, you may or may not know this, depending on how long you've been listening to Radio Free New York. My wife is from Czech Republic. Um, so occasionally I'm there. And this time around, her mom was doing uh, kind of her last art show, not for health reasons or anything like that, um, more so because she's just not going to be doing it anymore. More and we had never been to one, so we figured we'd go over there, we'd surprise her, and uh, she was very surprised, which was awesome. And I gotta say, it was pretty interesting how much art she has made over the years. I've always seen it in little pieces here and there. Is but, she a painter, a sculptor? Or? Um, so she does a couple different things. She does uh, actually colored pencils. And the way she does it, a lot of people actually think it's painting, and it's actually all colored pencil. Cool. Which is, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and then she does this other thing like needle lace and some like knitting and stuff um, on solid objects. So there'll be like a, a stone that's like totally layered and like this kind of like knitting and abstract design and, and stuff like that. It's, huh. it's actually pretty cool. I'll, I'll post some pictures later today for you guys to check out. Um, but definitely seeing it all in one place was, was pretty impressive. Um, she's got a couple of wood carvings as well. So it's kind of all over the place, but, um, very cool stuff. It was, it was definitely a good time. Um, and as every trip I go to check, I got my walking in for sure. Um, it's very walkable. The public transport transportation is very accessible. Um, so I got in about eight miles a day is just, wow. Yeah. Just going from place to place. Um, but the food is also so good there. I gained about five pounds, even though walking all of that extra. Yeah. Your fat bit doesn't read that part out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I gotta get back in the workout routine. I did my workout this morning. Felt amazing. Um, but I got, I got a little ways to go to, to kind of catch up. On, on all of that. So, so what do you do, cardio or uh, weights or what? Um, so what I've been doing lately is resistance bands, oh, so, okay. uh, which is pretty interesting because it's it's variable resistance. And, uh, you know, I know this isn't the health show or anything, but, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting because the band might start, say, like down mid-body at 60 pounds of resistance but the further you stretch that band the more resistance it is so it could be 80 or even 100 by the time you hit you know the peak of that uh motion 
and it essentially is is pretty cool because you're strongest at your furthest extension and you're weakest at your lowest extension so it kind of gives you the opportunity to essentially lift more weight um definitely smokes me by the end of the <laughs> the workout i uh i leave pretty tired um so this morning felt really good just kind of getting that kick off to the morning and and having that workout and, plus you don't have to have a lot of real heavy clanky equipment around yeah. yeah and that that really is a nice thing you know when i press um you know like 200 pounds it's literally just a really fat rubber band it's not like loading on these big 45 pounds and needing somebody to spot me so i don't kill myself in the process um so it's it's definitely pretty cool i enjoy it might snap yourself but yeah yeah you know there's there's definitely risk to injury it's just different type of risk um for sure so yeah you know what else is going on here though switching back to this continent is i see a lot of people really upset about the plastic bag ban and that's going into effect this saturday although it does look like um a few stores have already started the process today i yeah, guess wegman's uh beat him to it and I think somebody else at the I think it's uh, Goodwill of the Finger Lakes. Okay, is yep. also doing a, pl- a plastic bag ban, but th- it's it's really interesting. I think I, did I send you the article on that? that, that I don't sh- think so. No. Okay, I got to send that to you because there's a study that shows that uh, you know plastic grocery bags are really not a threat to the environment. Now, we, yeah. now it's I know everybody says you know in springtime you see the plastic bags are in the trees or against the fences and everything else, but still in terms of environmental impact, it's very minimal, especially in this country. Yeah, no, and that's that's actually really true, and that's why I wanted to bring up um we actually did way back episode 28 we did um probably when this was first being proposed uh we did an episode called should we ban plastic bags um so i definitely encourage anybody listening to the show today who's who's thinking about this um to jump on youtube search andrew hollister plastic it'll pop up first option there um and listen to that show about should we ban plastic bags because i i went into the nitty gritty science for you guys on this um and i'm just going to give you guys a couple highlights because i think this is really important um people are saying a lot of things that just quite frankly aren't true um it's okay to say things as long as you know it to be true right and you can base your opinions on the actual evidence there um i used a report uh put out by the ministry of environment and food in denmark Um, It was published in February of 2018, probably the most up-to-date study on this, and also what country is more green than Denmark? I mean, they they really know their stuff over there. Um, The UK did a similar study and came out with almost the exact same numbers. So in terms of peer review and independent studies, this is a pretty good place to look. Now, it's about 144 pages long, so I'm not going to bore you guys, but I want to give you guys just a few highlights, and that is this. They they came up with the numbers on how many times you would have to use various types of bags to match and meet the environmental impact of these one-time-use plastic bags, Um, and they measured everything, you know— from what it takes to manufacture them to what it takes to transport them, you know, all of the environmental impact of this, not just production. The carbon footprint. Yep, the total carbon footprint. cradle to grave. Yep, absolutely. Um, So paper bags to to match the environmental impact of just one 
reusable or one one-time use plastic bag, you'd have to use that paper bag 43 times. Um, so think about this. My paper bags, I have a few, they don't typically make it <laughs> to 43 uses before the bottom falls out or the handle rips or something like that. Um, but the other thing is all of these numbers are based on throwing away that one-time use plastic bag instead of after after one use after one use yeah Yeah. nobody does that nobody does that exactly we all have and you guys know this as you're hearing the show right now we all have that bag full of bags at home right so what happens is since that bag doesn't have to be manufactured again the number more than doubles so really you're at close to a hundred times you got to use that paper bag um, to match just reusing that non-reusable plastic bag twice so if you use it once to carry your groceries and once as a trash liner that means to match that with paper bags you got to use a paper bag over 100 times um plastic bags they're woven 52 times once again more than double you're at like 130 times plastic bags that are non-woven 45 times what do you mean by woven? I don't know what that is. Uh, I think it's like they use plastic um, is it for strength? to okay. something. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. Everybody's talking about how we need to use cotton bags. Cotton bags are the absolute worst. They are. To produce cotton is just so bad for the environment. So a conventional cotton bag, um, you would have to use 7,100 times. Once again, assuming you just throw away that plastic bag, if you don't throw it away, it's over 15,000 times. If you use an organic cotton bag, Worse. they horrible. <laughs> a minimum of 20,000 times. So what I did is I went and measured out how many times does the average person go to the store? How long do you have to use these bags to, to get, once again, to match just one one-time use plastic bag all right here it is for a paper bag minimum 6.2 months over a year if you reuse that one-time use plastic bag the woven plastic bags seven and a half months or over a year and a half um plastic bags non-woven uh 6.5 months cotton bags the conventional ones wait for it 85.3 years now, what I don't know is, can we take our old bags into Wegmans and can we reuse them? Can we bring them in and have them pack our groceries in these old bags? So I've heard rumors that Wegmans won't let you do that, but nothing in the law says you can't. I don't right. know if that's true or not. And here's the kicker for everybody who loves their organic cotton. You have to use that organic cotton bag for 240.4 years or over 500 years if you reuse your one-time use plastic bags. It's a lot of time on Medicare. So, I don't think those numbers are going to work. But. Yeah, I, I think those bags are going to wear out before you ever make a positive environmental impact. All right, guys, we're going to take a brief break here on Radio Free New York. When we come back, we're going to talk part three of Cuomo's State of the State. There's a few more items we didn't cover. I promise you we'd cover them, so that's what we're going to do when we come back. Everybody remember that? The State <laughs> yeah, of the State? Been like this was six weeks. months ago. Three weeks, yeah, 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 something. All right, we'll be back in a moment on Radio Free New York. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right, 
Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and uh, I am back in the country. For those of you just joining us, I've been gone for, I don't know, seven, eight shows, something like that. So, yeah, I'm just learning how to do this all over again. That's <laughs> that's how it's going. No, you know so, what you're doing. Yeah, I've been doing this for a little while. Um, so what I wanted to do for you guys, and I know this isn't fresh, so I apologize in advance, um, but we talked about the state of the state. We did two shows on it, little bits and pieces, and I promised you guys that I would, you know, bring it back and finish out the last few items. So that that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, if if you've already kind of gone through all the state of the state items, then I know there's some really cool episodes on the Radio Free New York Facebook page um, and also the YouTube page. You could catch something you missed. But I did have a couple people ask me and say, hey, are you ever going to finish the state of the state? And uh, so that's what we're going to do today. By popular demand, yeah, by- <laughs> more Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep, absolutely. And then tomorrow, what I think we're going to talk about is something that will interest everybody for Talk of the Town, which is um, elected officials and their use of taxpayer funds to further their personal gain. And we're going to talk about that because I've got a couple of ex- um, examples that have happened here in Rochester recently. Um, and I, it, it's definitely something that's happening in probably just about everybody's town it might not be your mayor it could be your assembly person or your senator um so we're going to talk about that tomorrow but uh i do want to cover the last few state of the state proposals because there's some stuff in here that's just worth knowing about some of the stuff you hear and you're like really this is like an agenda this is something that needs to be done um so we're gonna pick up if you guys remember uh number 19 is where we are so the 19th proposal from governor cuomo for the state of the state is growing new york's craft beverage manufacturing industry by reforming antiquated prohibition era laws So this actually sounds um, like something that probably listeners of the show would push for, right? Because prohibition, not a good idea, never worked. Um, And so, you know, immediately my mind runs away from our craft beverage manufacturing industry and runs straight to our firearms manufacturing industry. And I'm like, can we fix this for us, too? Because you really screwed this up for us, Governor Cuomo. Um, But what, what the proposal is, is that it will make it easier for movie theaters to sell alcoholic beverages, um, giving them more revenue and craft producers additional retail outlets and modernize New York's alcoholic beverage control law to help higher education institutions train the next generation of craft beverage workforce. Try to say that five times fast. No, that's okay. So, <laughs> so what what I'm getting out of this is something that we rarely see in New York State, which is the discussion of loosening regulations. Now, if you understand Cuomo and the New York State Democrats, you know that their goal here is not to loosen our regulations, not to make things easier for small businesses. It's to increase their tax revenue. And that's the only reason that they're even considering this. Um, by allowing alcohol sales in in more places and by you know hopefully creating more craft um, beverage locations in New York, they will increase their tax dollars, which we desperately, desperately need 
um, in New York uh, because of our deficit, or we could just get spending under control. You know, <laughs> we could we could just get our spending under control, and then we wouldn't need these tax dollars. Um, but I think that this proposal is really important to look at and digest because it's this whole idea that even the Democrats in New York State are starting to realize that loosening regulations gives businesses prosperity. So like this, this is almost like a light at the end of the tunnel thing for me. I, I'm hoping that they do this with other industries, but I'm very skeptical that that's going to well, happen. Well, yeah, because invariably the greed of the state gets in the way. What's going to happen right. is, there, you know, you're going to loosen the regulations. But then as soon as, as, soon as uh, business starts to thrive mm-hmm. and do well, government jumps in there and wants to, you know, they want, their, their, uh, they want to get, insert themselves in the, in the revenue stream. Yeah, and this is and this proposal is in direct conflict with what New York State is doing with the vaping industry right now, because in the vaping industry they are doing the exact opposite. You know, we have a twenty eight percent tax now on vaping products. Um, they're over regulating like every aspect of that industry. So you can look at these two and go, well, alcohol is definitely related to way more deaths than vaping ever will be you know um but they're doing this for our safety and vaping but on the alcoholic industry or the alcohol industry they're loosening regulations you know you you know right away that this is all about tax dollars this isn't about safety um and we may see a 28 percent tax on alcohol someday in new york state um, so definitely something to consider. Back to prohibition. Here <laughs> yeah, come, right it's back coming to back. Prohibition. Yeah. So now we'll have a 60% uh, market, black market for alcohol, Great, yeah, Absolutely. And, and of course, we know what the real agenda is with vaping because vaping threatens, at least theoretically, uh, state revenues from tobacco sales. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So what, what New York does is they constantly create black markets um, by increasing tax and regulation. Uh, So moving on to proposal number 20, passing the first in the nation inclusive equal rights amendment. Yeah. So I I read in on this um, a little bit. It actually doesn't change anything, really. Um, This is just straight virtue signaling. Um, It's not going to make any changes for you. It's not going to make any changes for me. Um, It's not going to change things for women or minorities or, or people with religious backgrounds in New York State. This is just straight virtue signaling uh we will see no change and minorities will not see any benefit from this um which is which is sad and upsetting because you know in new york state we actually do have the opportunity to make things better for minorities um to make things better for women and people who are discriminated against and it's simply by reducing regulation you know making it so these people have the opportunity to be prosperous without red tape in the way um, it, it's very easy to do. We could do it. State legislature is not interested in it. Our state executive is not interested in it. They would rather just make news headlines and pretend to make things better. Um, and that's because they won't continue to get elected if things are better. <laughs> and that's that's just the reality of it. They need things to be bad so they have things to run on. And then when they run on these things, they go, yeah, and we're going to make things better. And then they never do, so they can keep running on making things better. Yeah, where have we been for the last ten terms? Yeah, absolutely. Why, why are things not so so much better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were to truly measure things from then to today and ask people how much better is your life, 
most people would say it's not better. Maybe it's minimally better or it's way worse, depending on who you talk to. Um, but nobody's going to tell you that it's extraordinarily better unless they've moved out of New York State. Then, then they may say it's extraordinarily better. And then it depends on which state they move to. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, proposal 21, expanding access to safe and affordable financial services. So this is another New York State thing saying, hey, you know what? Um, we need to help minorities. We need to help um, people who don't have access to funding, maybe because of credit scores or something like that. Um, we're going to help them. On the surface, you go, Okay, you know, maybe that sounds okay. Um, read into it. Essentially, we're now creating a government-funded bank network in New York State that's going to cost us $300 million without any clear direction on how this will actually help people. So, A state-run bank? A bank network. So New York wants to now network with all the banks um, and create this new program. It's going to cost at least $300 million. Um, and there, it's very unclear as to how this program is going to help anybody. There's no clear direction. Uh, the only thing that's clear is we're going to spend money. What does it do? Exactly. What do does it do, do we know? I mean uh, – It's uh, – let me, let me pull up the exact details. By the way, since, since this has been released, New York State rearranged their website, so it's harder to find the information. <laughs> but the banking uh, will be very simple. It will work great. <laughs> yep. Um, so it says FDIC approximates or uh, estimates that 25 percent of New York households do not have bank accounts or seldomly use one. Yes, New York State, that's because they don't want you taking their money. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they're going to create this network um, to provide $25 million in nude seed funding um, over five years in New York's Community Development Financial Institutions Fund or CDFI fund um, to be used in accordance with state criteria to expand financial inclusion and access to affordable bank accounts and credit products. Clear as mud. Yep. I have no idea what it's going to exactly. do. Exactly. So we're going to provide $25 million in funding, but it's going to cost us an aggregate of $300 million to do this. That's eh, just money. Yep. And it's right on the governor's website so you know it's going to be double that easily all right guys we're going to take a break here on radio free new york when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about the state of the state you're listening to radio free new york all right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm He's back. back from the Czech Republic. I am. Yeah, yeah. And I see Garrett in the comments. He is also happy I'm back. So thank you for that, Garrett. Uh, we are talking about something that is maybe a little old, a couple weeks old now, but I promised I would. A couple people asked if I would, um, and that is Cuomo's State of the State. So if you guys remember a few weeks ago, we got through – a good portion of it, but uh, we didn't complete it, so we're running through some of those final items now today. Uh, so we are on proposal number 22, which is preserving 4,000 acres of land in the mid-Hudson Valley. Um, to be honest, I'm not familiar with <laughs> what this proposal is, why this is <laughs> such a Big proposal. Is, is the land evaporating? Is it, I, are people stealing it? I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. I just know it's costing us $20.6 million to do, um, and which is unfortunate. I think we could do it with a lot less. 
Um, I also think that it's kind of funny that this is like an item on his checklist. It feels more like a campaign item to me, which is really what the state of the state is for him. Um, but the fact that this is made a line item and you're actually going to see some of the other ones like proposal 23, for example, is investing $9 million in an unmanned aerial system experimentation and test facility at the Griffiths International Airport. So, uh, you know, as, as you start looking at these towards the bottom of the list items, if you will, um, it's kind of like, okay, what, what can we add here to make this sound good? Uh, let's, let's choose a line item. You know what? Mid Hudson Valley. Let's, let's, uh, put $20.6 million in there. We'll say this is a cool thing, uh, and we'll make it a part of the state of the state. And that, that's really how I feel about this item, um, same thing with the unmanned aerial system experimentation and test facility. Unmanned aerial system. Yeah. That sounds suspiciously to me like snooping. Yeah, at drones and stuff like that, at, definitely. Um, he, here's my thing about this. If if this is – which I actually believe that unmanned aerial systems and you know drones and, and that are going to become – a big part of America's technology in the next 10 years. I know Amazon and some other places really want to do delivery by drone. Um, and I don't mean payloads. <laughs> I mean, I mean, packages. Um, you know, I, I think that this is, this is going to become a big industry over time. I think it's going to take a little while to kick off, but the question is why should state government be using the money out of our paychecks to fund it? And the answer is they shouldn't. Um, private investors already know this is going to be the future. They know there's going to be a lot of money in it. They will front the money themselves. Us, the taxpayer, should not be putting $9 million into this. We shouldn't. I wonder whatever happened to his – remember he had the, the, the weather forecasting network he wanted to set up? He basically wanted to set up a, a parallel weather system in New York State with weather alerts and everything else. It, it, was, uh, it was like NOAA. Oh, it was basically like, the same yeah. thing that NOAA already does mm -hmm. in the National Weather Service. Yeah. And he wanted to do this for, you know, because, well, you know, we, has anybody noticed we have snow in New York? Yeah, yeah well, we're, we're aware of that, Andy. And I, I don't, I just think a lot of this is just he spends money because it's a way to enrich his cronies. Yeah. No, that, that is the first thing that came to my mind is that a donor, a friend, a buddy um, probably uh, was in the weather. Right in the weather industry, and he needed a way to reward this person. Uh, you know, same thing with this drone testing facility. Uh, could even be with this mid Hudson Valley thing. You know, I'm not familiar with what's going on down there, but I bet you he's got a friend who needs twenty million dollars, who's going to maintain this with some corporation. Uh, you know, for land rights or economic something. Um, yeah, I, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, proposal 24 is uh, – It's OK, folks. There's only 146 more to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're nearing the end. Now, there's – what was it? 34. There's, there's 34. We'll make it through by the end of the show. Um, and some of these I'll go through a little bit quicker. Proposal 24 is actually a Rochester thing. So proposal, I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, so Proposal 24 is industry-leading high-technology companies to create more than 700 jobs near the Rochester Downtown Innovation Zone. So we have heard this time and time again. 
Um, Let me guess. Are they photonics jobs? Uh, they're not, actually. No, because <laughs> there are no photonics cause, jobs. Because they, they figured that one out. Um, some of these jobs may actually be created. Um, I actually know at least one of the companies that, that is working with this, and they are on a pretty heavy hiring track. Um, it, the thing is they would probably be hiring anyways without this. Well, that's, that was the obvious point and, I was going to ask. Yeah. So I, and I, I don't know enough about all the companies, but I know some of these companies are doing very well um, already and government is not creating their growth. They are creating their own growth and they're doing very well. They're making some really cool projects. Um, this. What do they do? Uh, I can't talk about it on oh. here. <laughs> so, it's photonics. But, <laughs> no, um, just kidding. Yeah. But what what I can say is um, these these companies are doing great things, and I think Cuomo is trying to take the credit for their hard work. Right, he's trying to jump at the so, head of the parade and yeah, look like he's, he's leading trying it. to say, like, hey, yeah. look at what I did. Right. Um, these companies have been successful and will continue to be successful. Um. Proposal 25, protecting the health in Lake George's waters. And there's actually a typo in here. There's no in. They just said protecting the health Lake George waters. The um, health of what? The Yeah. Once again, really ambiguous. Um, I think they were literally running out of things to say. Um, so they just started kind of like throwing things in. What are we going to do? You know what? Lake George. We're going to protect the health of the Lake George's waters. Uh, so... New York State, you, I, you know, all of our friends around us are going to provide an additional $9.4 million in grants to the village of Lake George in Warren County to repair and upgrade its wastewater collection infrastructure. Oh. So, you know. Well, that at least is, is at least you know what they're talking about. Yeah, this this one's a little bit clearer, um, but the numbers they throw out here are crazy because it says nine point four million dollars. Um, then it says the DC is going to add two point five million, which is also our money, like they're separate pots or something like that. Um, and then another fourteen point nine million dollar investment, and then a total savings somehow. Of $25 million. I don't know where that came from, but at least we understand. Neither do they. they, they, (laughs) It's the sewage treatment plant in Lake George. Okay, fine. Yep. Yeah. So that's what's going on there. Once again, uh, governor's literally just running out of ideas, smashing stuff into his PowerPoint, uh, which brings us to Proposal 26, where they're going to rebuild the mid-station lodge at Whiteface Mountain. My question is... Why is why are we as a taxpayer handling this when private entities could and should? Doesn't isn't Whiteface Mountain? That's a ski area, right? It is. Yeah. So is that that not privately owned? It must not be, or it's just going to somebody who who, you know, it it's about historic tourism, according to uh, Governor Cuomo, the Olympic Regional Development Authority. It appears to be the organization. They're they're going to redo the ten thousand square foot large, and it's it once again. It, it's one of these things where Cuomo's like, we need to invest in tourism. Therefore, we are going to rebuild this lodge. Um, now, here's the thing: he is already committed two hundred forty million dollars into this Olympic Regional Development Authority, 
And now we're going to put another $14 million into 10,000 square feet. Now, I don't know about you. It's going to be a pretty but, nice nice lodge, I got to say. Yeah, for 10,000 square that just seems like an insane amount of money. And the problem with all of these projects, which we know, we talk about all the time, is that's what government says it's going to cost. And then it's way over budget, way past due on their deadlines. Um, and then they come back and go, you know, hey, we need another $70 million. Oh, yeah. This, and- is, this is the old, you know, dig a hole, fill it in, dig a hole, fill it in. Like the, uh, the what was it, the tourism center over by Utica? Mm. Kevin knows about this because he's from that area. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, they, they, they spent, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of money on a tourism center on the thruway. And then they... they uh, it was six months old, and they started tearing down a lot of the stuff they had already built mm. so they could sp- drop another $20 million in it. Yeah, yeah, that's very frustrating. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're, uh, we're going to talk about just a few more proposals here. We're on number 27, and uh, we're going to get through this. Stay this state when we come back on Radio Free New York. This will hurt just a little bit. <laughs> Free New York. All right, we are back on Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and we have made it to Governor Cuomo's most important proposal in the 2020 State of the State. It is proposal number 27. Is this the the 35-foot bust of Andrew Cuomo? No, 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 no. I'm sure we'll get to that, though. Um, No, proposal 27 is to transfer Pier 76 to the Hudson River Valley Park for reuse. Transfer it? Transfer it. Did somebody borrow it? Did did it go somewhere? So it is used as a tow pound for the New York Police Department. Which I'm not quite sure what that means. I think I, that's where they, they uh, if you have uh, cars that are involved in crimes oh, or yeah, they yeah, get towed like away, impound. so they, they okay. impound them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently that we have a pier that's somehow mobile in uh, in, <laughs> in New York City. I've never heard of a mobile the, pier anywhere. Yep. yep. So we uh, it is 250,000 square feet um, located along the waterfront in Manhattan. And uh, this was scheduled to be transferred from the New York Police Department over 20 years ago. It was just never done. So we talked about government projects not being completed on time and over budget. Here's a good example. Um, So we're going to vacate this pier by the end of the year and move it to the Hudson River Park Trust and move it there. Thank I God guess. that's finally getting done. I, I've been wondering about it. I, I was wondering, too. You know, I was thinking, when are we going to move this pier? Governor Cuomo has made it his 27th priority. Damn, another year. week and they haven't moved that pier. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so so that there you go. The number one most important, uh, it made it to the list. Uh, and the further down we get on this list, it's kind of like the goofier things get. Um, 28 is... Proposing uh, to transform Buffalo's North Odd Block. And into what? Uh, so that's the thing. They don't know. Uh, <laughs> they said they're going to seek community feedback um, for the final remaining parcel to be developed at Canal Side. There's some concept renderings in the property um, uh, and a map of the property on, on the website. 
And this just goes back to the whole we have money that government is using that they have no idea what they're going to do with it. They they have no idea, no clue, and they're like, "Hey, we don't even know. How about you guys figure it out?" Well, I think that uh, I think Andy's wired up to some of these, uh, you know, these uh, computer simulator people. I think that uh, they're uh, campaign contributors and uh, oh, you know sure. does all yeah. these renderings yep. and and yep. uh, you know and, and video visions and yeah. Well, and anytime you look at these projects, it's not about what they build; it's always about who the developer is. Yeah, exactly. And and that's uh, we'll probably Del talk Lago about that Casino. Tomorrow. I'm looking at you. Yeah, a- exactly. Uh, proposal number twenty nine, and I. First, I want to thank everybody who's still listening to the show. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the live stream. We we haven't lost anybody yet. You know, um, you know, maybe maybe they're sleeping at their desk, but you know, um, and those of you on the radio too, you, you guys are standing strong. I, I appreciate you guys bearing with me on these. Um, so, proposal number twenty nine. Where have I heard this one before? But without spending all this money, a plan to reimagine. The iconic Erie Canal. Yeah, I know about that story. Yeah. 300 mil. Yep, 300 million dollars. Now, it's funny because I seem to remember this guy. uh, What was his name? Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp ran on a platform to do something very similar to this without a single taxpayer dollar. In fact, his plan was to save New Yorkers $150 million a year. Um, so there's a stark contrast here. Cuomo's thinking we're not only going to not save $150 million a year, we're going to spend an extra $300 million on top of that. Um, I'll let you guys look through that proposal yourself. It's kind of a no-starter. Uh, proposal number 30, creating a 21st century Empire Station complex in Manhattan. Empire Station? What's that? A railroad uh, station? I Let's pull up exactly what they're proposing An here. Empire Station. Uh, transit complex. Yep. On uh, Manhattan's west side. Um, he announced this during a speech at the Association for a Better New York. Now, here's the most interesting thing about this proposal. This may be the only proposal uh, that doesn't mention a dollar figure. So... You know, they they were fine with 300 million here or there. They did not even put a dollar amount on this, which tells me one of two things. Either A, they have no way of estimating the cost, or B, they don't want us to know what the estimates of the costs are. Um, This is more than likely going to be used to reward some developer, some crony, and it's, it's going straight to New York City. Which, which is another thing. They don't want Upstate to know how much of their money is going to go into another New York City project. Um, I can tell you if it happens, based on the information they're not giving us, I suspect we hit the end of the year and this hasn't even been started yet. Well, yeah, and also I think Andy may very well be trying to, uh, you know, uh, follow in the footsteps of Mario and the Javits Center in New York City. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also Turning Stone, but those are... Side issues we better not sure. get into right now. <laughs> kind of a, we all know what that's about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, proposal thirty-one, creating the f- state's first comprehensive, comprehensive education and workforce training center in Syracuse. Um, this is kind of the jobs will come from building the center. That's a, yes, and then they'll yeah. go away. Yep. 
Yep. So this is one of those things where Cuomo is now finally admitting that we're struggling to fill jobs with qualified workers, which is funny because probably less than a year ago, he was saying there's so many jobs in New York and so many good people to fill them and this and that. Now, all of a sudden, it's um, we we don't have quality people to fill these jobs which was just like a complete opposite of what he was saying. So this the idea of this facility is to kind of think of like Wamoko on steroids if you will, you know. Um my thought on this is people complain about how uneducated voters are. Um, but where do they get their education from? Well, usually the state, right? So if states running education and they're not doing a good job, um, if we build this workforce training center and it's ran by the government, we're going to get similar results. We really need to allow unions and private companies to run these type of trade programs because they're going to train them for what they actually need in industry. I, I very often have a problem with um, educators who aren't in industry, and this isn't to like you know talk down to anybody. But if all you've ever done is teach, and you're not in industry, especially with how quickly things are moving in technology and some of the trades, you're teaching old stuff. And then kids come out, they go into industry, and guess what? They don't. Uh, people don't want to hire them because they don't have the right experience. They don't have the right education. This should be done by the private industry, whether it's a union, or an electrician firm, you know, whomever. Um, we can do this way better for way less if we actually let the private industry do it. All right, guys, three left. I'm going to run through them real quick for yeah, you. You got about ninety seconds. <laughs> yep, ninety seconds. I got thirty seconds for each. Proposal 32, expanding New York's $175 million workforce development initiative to meet the emerging job demand. Wow, this sounds like exactly the same as the other one. They just split it into two things. Uh, Proposal 33 is banning sex offenders from the MTA transit system. So I have no idea how they plan on doing this. As passengers? Yes. They can't go into the subway. They can't use it. Nothing. Um, I have no idea how they're going to do this. But my thing is, if a person is that dangerous to society, why are they roaming? Free? They should be locked up. They, yeah, I. that's that's my take on that. Proposal 34, the very last proposal, is strengthening the relationship between local police and the community they serve. Um, I find this interesting because I feel like Cuomo is probably one of the biggest perpetrators and his followers in creating this divide. Yeah, no kidding. Now they're talking about um, we need to fix this. I'm just going to read this piece here, and then I know we're out of time. As our nation confronts the toxic mix of anxiety, fear, and division, many of our communities are facing challenges in the relationship between local police and the communities they Thank serve. you, Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was Governor Cuomo's quote with this. Um, I think we can all agree that this needs to be improved and that Governor Cuomo has not done that. Guys, thank you so much for joining me here on Radio Free New York. Good to have you back. Yeah, very glad to be back. Tomorrow is the talk of the town uh, with Kevin Wilson. We're going to have a great time. I'll see you guys then.